So welcome to the show. I'm David Speed. I'm Adam Brazier. And this is Creative Rebels. Uh, it's a podcast for creative entrepreneurs. We started our first company, Graffiti Life, in a small garage. Yeah, it wasn't easy. But we built the company up to the stage where now we're regularly working with brands like Disney and Nike. And we've been lucky enough to make art all over the world. On this podcast, we interview successful creators. Their advice will enable you to take action and turn your passion into a career. There's literally been no better time in history to make a career from being creative. So many people are going to tell you that you can't do it, but we're here to tell you that you definitely can. Right, let's do a podcast. Welcome back, Rebels. Hello. Welcome back to the show. We've had a busy couple of days, haven't we? Yeah, this week's been absolutely manic. We've been to two universities this week, done two talks, and we've got another two lined up in the next couple of weeks. All super exciting. I think it's really nice to talk to people who weren't from a standard creative background and try and inspire them. Yeah, we've been up to Sheffield and we've been to Manchester. Thanks to Adobe for uh, sorting that out with us. And uh, yeah, met some really inspiring young people who are the future of our country, the future of the UK. And we're doing some really, really cool stuff. So um, so yeah, it's been it's been really rewarding. And I know like when we do public speaking stuff, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves because we want to like help every single person in the room, yeah. which is like bit of a crazy goal but if you're if you're there and you're speaking you kind of really want it to be um, helpful to people but and even though a lot of the people there weren't our kind of traditional crowd um, I think we actually we did help quite a few people I got a message um, from from a biomed student and I mean you wouldn't necessarily yeah. put a biomed student down as being like on a creative path but they were saying how useful they found the talk so yeah I think the thing important thing is is like everyone is creative it's not just something that people who do art design it's not just for people like that it's like no matter who you are what you do you have the ability to be creative you can do it yeah, you're 100% right and I suppose it's it's my fault of of actually buying into the bullshit we're always rebelling against yeah. which, is, which is like we do say every single person is creative and there was me expecting us to have a room full of the kids that were doing art yeah and it's like no you can do you can be a biomed student or a electronic engineering student and still class yourself as a creative and that's a fucking beautiful thing and i should yeah i should i shouldn't have been so judgmental like oh we're doing these talks we're only going to get students from the creative fields yeah yeah it's really interesting really nice to meet those people and yeah just to get that positive feedback from people you don't normally expect was really really rewarding yeah and i suppose one of the one of the things that's coming up over and over again for us is is sort of confidence and mm. i suppose developing confidence and having confidence in the thing that you're going to be doing um so specifically i remember at one of the talks there in the q a section there was someone who put their hand up and was talking about i've wanted to do this thing for about three years but i'm i'm scared to start because no one or no one's going to be i'm going to have about 10 followers was her exact words yeah and the thing is like no matter when you start you're always going to have zero to ten followers like you're going to have no one to start with so that little hurdle she was getting like there's no way to get past it because she was always going to have to start at some point. And hopefully yesterday we unlocked her and managed to push her into actually starting. It seemed like she she might actually do it. Yeah, we bullied good. her into it. We're like, <laughs> yeah. you've got to start tomorrow. You have to start tomorrow. That's that's the thing. It's, um, it is so hard. And I t I'm totally like empathetic to it because 
starting something new is scary because yeah you might fail yeah it's just having that little piece of confidence to just give you that little nudge over the edge of kind of comfort and as soon as you get into that zone that you suddenly start to feel uncomfortable that's when things really start to grow yeah and talking to this week's guest girly um she talked about how when she broke up with her first band how she just had the confidence to keep going like she knew she had the self-belief that it was the thing that she was supposed to do like the other two left went to uni then now we don't do music at all but she knew she needed to be a musician and just absolutely went for it and today now she's absolutely smashing it yeah, there's that that whole thing of self-belief, isn't it? And it's very easy to say to people like, oh, you've just got to believe in yourself. Um, but if you're not a very confident person, then that's, that takes work. And I think it, then it again comes down to patience and working on yourself, working on your confidence. And I mean, I've been saying to people like, no one needs to know that you're starting this thing. Yeah. You can have an Instagram account that doesn't have your face or your name attached to it. Uh, you can, you like anywhere on the internet you can start up an account without it having to be traced back to you and you can just spend all of your spare time trying to build this you can wait until it is something before you start telling people about it yeah and i think self-belief isn't something that people are born with it's something you develop over time and it's just that ability to throw yourself into something when you're uncomfortable and keep going and keep going and keep going and that's when you build the self-belief when you start to get when you start to get good and you can look at yourself and be like actually i'm proud of what i did there and doing that over and over again is where self-belief comes from. Yeah, it's just that, it's that practice, isn't it? And I mean, if you think, if you're worried about the judgment of others, I, and I, I mean, specifically your friends, if you try something and it doesn't work out or it shows you up in a different light, then like, if your friends aren't supportive of it, then maybe you shouldn't be friends with them. Yeah, definitely. Or just do it without them knowing. I think that's an easy way to do it. If you can't just cast your friends off in a second, if you've got, if there's an open mic night, just don't tell them that you're going down. Just go yeah. to it, just do it on your own. Yeah, I know that we've um, we've spoken to, and you all know who I mean, we've spoken to someone directly in our DMs who for years until she listened to the podcast didn't have the confidence to post her drawings um on yeah. online on facebook specifically because and i suppose facebook you're only following there is going to be people that you do know they're going to be friends or people you've met she's finally started posting on there after listening to the show and, yeah. and her work is fucking great yeah like, it's really good it's so good it's really good stuff and her friends have been super supportive and she's just like mm, not really sure what i was worried about there yeah it, it, i think it's so much of it is internal yeah and it's it's our own voices going ah oh, this is this is a bad idea what are you doing what are you about to do your brain trying to keep you safe like oh you're about to do something different everything you've done up until this point has kept you alive so doing something different might be risky let's let's just play it safe and you have to yeah overcome your own brain yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? It's all internal. It's like getting past your own brain and teaching your brain to realise that it's n it is safe. Yeah. You're not going to die. And it's just a learning curve and you will get better from it. I mean, us two this week stood in front of 100 students. I remember the first time we spoke to students, what was that, like eight? Eight years ago. Eight I think, years yeah. ago. And I, I think I was probably shaking before we before yeah. we went on, on stage there. Um, I remember my voice kind of cracking halfway through the thing because I was really nervous talking too quickly like just a whole mess yeah. um and and now like i i didn't like i was never saw last night it was it yeah. was nothing it was literally we just we went on stage we did our bit we came off we did a q a it was yeah. like it was all good um and that's just yeah just practice and us being more confident in ourselves um and it's just a process it's just something like <laughs> if you say to people like it's going to take you eight years to get good at something like that's most people won't do that most people <laughs> won't do it but yeah if you've got the if you've got the sticking power to just keep going then uh 
You're going to be fine, mate. You can do this. You can do this. Come on. Do Off it. Off you go. Go on. Go on. Go and yeah. bloody do it. You bloody you do little it. little legend. <laughs> so, yeah, our uh, our editor, Anton, said this was one of his favourite episodes. Yeah, I really enjoyed recording this. Yeah, it was really fun. Like, she's got a really interesting journey, really interesting story, um, and she's done so much. Um, so, yeah, we hope you enjoy this one. Gurley is a singer, songwriter, producer and performer. Um, Gurley's built a career from scratch, literally from performing at open mic nights to crowds of like sometimes three people um, to now where she's got millions of downloads, millions of plays, millions of uh, Spotify plays, YouTube views and um, sold out gigs. So she's basically killing it. Um, she's doing really, really well. And we loved this chat. In this episode, we talk about social media, breakups and gratitude. The reason I have music as my job, if it weren't for them, like I wouldn't. Yeah. These people pay my rent. Like these yeah. people, like you know, allow me to travel to places and keep writing songs. And like, it's also like such a privilege to be able to do it and it be my job. Hi, girly. For having me. <laughs> where, did, uh, where did the name come from? Um, I was trying to decide. I'd just been in a band and my bandmates left me. I was like 16. And I was like, no, my band is over. My life is over. And I was like, oh, okay. Because uh, at 16, that does feel like the end of oh the world. Oh my gosh. My band leaving me was like the end of the world. Like, I think I was like crying on the floor. Like, this is it. We were going to make it big, which we weren't. Like we were shit. <laughs> but um, yeah, to me, I was like, "That's it. It's my chance gone." Was that and like then a full breakup. Then of them just been like, "We need to leave." You. Yeah, it was these two slightly older girls. They were like eighteen. They were like, "Look, <laughs> you're annoying. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're bossy, and we want to go to uni. And this band is not our priority." And to me, I was like, "This is my priority." So they left, and then I started doing stuff on my own, just like performing and I was like oh I guess I need a name and I was thinking about how like Debbie Harry from Blondie like I I was like why did she call Blondie Blondie and it was because she used to get like cat called that in the streets of oh. New York like wow. people would be like hey like Blondie um and I liked how she took a word that was kind of used to put her down and demean her and used it to empower herself um so there was that, um, because also the word girly just has connotations immediately. And mm -hmm. it's kind of, I was interested in playing with the idea of gender and the idea of, you know, that's kind of why I've always had pink hair as well, is because I think people have an assumption about my music, perhaps when they hear girly, they might think it's kind of cute, calm, femin feminine yeah. music, whatever feminine means, um, and actually... It's kind of aggressive, <laughs> so <laughs> well, sometimes it is. It's it's hyper, it's high energy, you know, um, and you know has punk influences. So I kind of liked the fact that people might assume things from the name and then be surprised. In this day and age, where whenever you're starting something new and you try and find a name and you're like, oh, it's gone, oh, it's gone. <laughs> I'm absolutely fucking astounded that you managed to get girly and yeah, that it hadn't like, gone. Yeah. I'm really surprised as well. Like. Uh, well, my friend once said that maybe six months after I'd named myself girly and stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's so true. It's really lucky. I think isn't that's it? when you know it's a good name when people say, like, how did you get that? Yeah. So like, when we've got a tattoo studio around the corner called Parlor Tattoo. Yeah. And I remember, like, when we opened that, like, talking to one of my friends, and like, 
how the fuck did you get that URL? Yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. like, well, it, if it seems like it should have been a thing yeah. and it wasn't already, then that's like... Yeah, because people be. will be like, oh, it's already a thing probably. Exactly. But it's not because yeah. <laughs> everyone's thinking that. Yeah. Did you go through lots of other names or was that the first thing that you kind of like? I had a bit of a, a stage where I was like, girlie's shit, I need to change it. And I'm so glad I didn't. There were some awful ideas. One of them, I was going to call myself TTYL, which means yeah. talk to you later. Rogue. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't know where that came from. Really, really glad I didn't name myself that. Um, it's funny though. So I, um, I'm sort of friends with a uh, with a rapper who um, calls herself um, for fuck's sake why though, F F S Y T H O. That's pretty cool. And like, <laughs> it kind of works. Like yeah. she's just made it work because yeah, it's yeah, yeah. the same as T T Y L. But like, yeah. But I don't know. She's think, yeah. She's owned it. Yeah, I think the acronym thing can definitely be owned. I think T T Y L just sounds so like. Like, I don't know. I don't know why I thought that would be a good one for me. <laughs> I like for fuck's sake, why though? That's really cool. Yeah. She's that's, amazing. That's listen like really listen to her stuff. Yeah, she's like, she's like a gay um, grime rapper. Mm-hmm. And like her stuff is just, is so like when you talked about aggressive, like it's so aggressive and she's like five foot. <laughs> so she's just, yeah, she's incredible. I, yeah, I really recommend you check out because she's amazing. But yeah, so you mentioned, you mentioned there like um, the Debbie Harry influence and, um, and like femininity and like what the fuck is femininity and all of that. And that's all, yeah. those are all kind of stuff that you play with in your songs. Yeah. I was just, I was just an angry little feminist when I was like 15 and kind of always have been because I don't know. I'm lucky. Like my, I grew up in a family where my dad was super feminist and was always talking about it. And my mum was in her own special way, <laughs> like <laughs> would, wouldn't really talk about it. And then occasionally would be like, you're being told to do this cause you're a girl. And I'd be like, nah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. And then I like grew up and, and in school I was really into politics and I was really into debating and, and like literature and stuff. That's kind of my angle. That's how I got into music was from like, I like I wrote stories like I wrote I like did short writing and stuff and was in debate society and like um I was a nerd so like from that I just went into writing songs about those same topics and like you know I think people are always like wow so why are your songs so like feminist I'm like because I'm a woman <laughs> like <laughs> I'm just writing from yeah. experience really um and because there's there's your song that you've got um, where the video is like your your different Barbie dolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Girls get that. angry too. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I was thinking about that one. It's really interesting because like I think a lot of times the the world or culture or society or whatever tries to um, tries to put people in one box and specifically women. And um, certainly like our business partner Yona has like opened my eyes to a lot of stuff of where like. She's like, you don't understand like how a woman in business has to be seen. Like I can't be too, mm. if I'm, I'm too emotional about something, then I'm hysterical or like, and you have, you have to tread this fine line. Of, yeah, it's mad. And, um, but what the great thing about that, about that song and the video is like, you're, you're like, look, we all have these, these different sides to us and you're kind of embracing like every single side and like poking fun at each side, but at the same time, like saying, this is what makes up a full person. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. God, that video was so long ago. I can't even really remember what I was thinking when I made it. But yeah, I th- I think like it's all, you know, the same with the name and with like the hair and it's kind of like, it's it's not necessarily a character, but it's like me po- playing with the idea of, 
you know, what is what is a modern day female pop star? You know, what is like, yeah. you know, and um, and I think also like, yeah, I mean, more and more my songs, I think when I initially started releasing songs like four years ago, three years ago, they were very like tongue in cheek and they were very like black and white in a way. And I think now with my album that just came out and the stuff that's about to come out and stuff, it's kind of like a bit more embedded in into, you know, what I'm talking about because, you know, I'm just writing about my life and the things that come up in my life being a, you know, LGBT woman with pink hair, you know. <laughs> um, but also I've tried to, like, remember that, you know, I'm writing about my experience, but there's also so many other people's experience that, like, need to be heard as well and, like, you know... Um, that's what I try to do with my like social media and I try to kind of make it more than just if people ask me what I am I'm like oh I'm a musician but I feel, feel like I'm other things as well yeah um, and I think you kind of have to be these days really yeah, yeah our, our new favorite phrase is multi-passionate creative yeah, yeah. multi-passionate creative there we go it nails it doesn't it oh, yeah that's it that's what it is that's what it is yeah you mentioned so being 16 and um calling yourself girly because you were looking at blondie like mm -hmm that kind of goes to show that you've got quite a rich like historical music knowledge were you were your parents musical or um, were you just like finding shit on the internet yeah like my parents were kind of but I mean my dad was really into like the Sex Pistols and like Elvis Costello and like um my mum was really into like Blondie and David Bowie uh but then also my dad like was a big reason why I heard like Amy Winehouse and Lily Allen for the first time because I mean, I'm 21. Like when all that stuff was happening, I was like 10. Mm, so yeah. I wouldn't have heard those records unless someone had older played them to me. And like, that just happened to be my dad. Like he loved Lily Allen and Arctic Monkeys and Amy Winehouse. So he used to play all those songs like in the car and he had all the CDs. So I think that's where I got a big influence, you know, of like, tongue-in-cheek lyrics like kind of really honest reporting of what's going on around you kind of thing um and just like the sass as well like of, of Lily Allen and Amy Winehouse just like they don't give a fuck you know I remember um, discovering Lily Allen on MySpace did you have her on MySpace don't think so I think I was I was like full emo at that point so <laughs> right. yeah, I wasn't <laughs> anything in the chat yeah I, I found her MySpace and like I wish i could I wish I still had the mp3s of like some of the demos that she was putting up on her yeah. thing because they were like they weren't it was before she was assigned so they were kind of like stripped back and just really basic like bedroom bedroom made stuff and mm. just like really amazing I remember finding Kate Nash when she was at that yes. stage yeah 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 it was like her like initial stuff before she actually released anything was fucking amazing yeah it was so like I hated the album amazing. actually when it yeah, came when out the, it was just like the same songs done awfully really produced yeah really overproduced like everything yeah. that was good about it was just stripped away i love that album <laughs> uh, try and find the early stuff like because yeah. it's so raw and so great although i reckon it's probably almost impossible to find now i did find so you know i don't know the name of the tune but you know the song that's um like the the boy and the girl and the train station and um foundations is that what's called? Yeah. That no, no, that's, no not that's, not that's not foundations. That's not foundations. Um, foundations is when the couple are having the argument. Isn't yeah. It? Um, yeah. But um, yeah, there's a boy and girl at the train station, and um, I'm not going to sing it because I was really <laughs> tempted to sing it then. Um, but anyway, like yeah, I found the the original version of that, the like unproduced version of that is so is so good. I love. Um, I do love hearing. Like I don't know. I think maybe because I'm like a massive songwriting geek, I love like. I mean, you know, I like 
be really interested to like see the credits of all my favorite songs on Spotify yeah, yeah, and then yeah. find the like session like you know videos and stuff and like I didn't even know you could do that on Spotify <laughs> what so see the credits yeah 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 oh my god the song credits I mean like everyone who's a songwriter is just always like who wrote this um but I'm like obsessed with the process and like the demo stage as well and like like someone who I mean I'm an unashamedly massive Taylor Swift fan same yeah love and she with her 1989 album I think released like a bunch of the original voice memos from when she like came up with the initial idea and it was just so bewitching to like hear when an idea starts and like I do it with my songs I'll listen I'll find the voice memos and try keep all the original lyric sheets because I write um on paper which people are always like what but I don't like I don't like putting on my phone um I'll type it up after but yeah I write on paper and I always keep those because I'm like, oh, I don't know. One yeah, because that'll be a book one day. Yeah, yeah. right. Or yeah, like, you sure. know, one day I'll like look back and be like, oh, remember this song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I suppose yeah. if it's handwritten and you look back at it, there's a lot more memory attached to it. Whereas if it's just a note in your phone, yeah, it's just like, like that. It's a bit nothing. Yeah. There's some like, nostalgia attached to actually physically writing. Yeah, because it's like that, I know that moment in, like just encapsulated forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, Whereas like digital, I don't know, it's not the same. I have a very love-hate relationship with technology, modern technology and phones and stuff. I kind of wish I was like a musician in like the 90s, so I didn't have to do all that. Say that, but would as many people know about who you are now if there wasn't the technology? Oh, like, no, not at all. And like social media is my like most powerful like tool for me as as an artist and as an artist who recently went independent as well. Um because that's like my tool to like reaching out to people and and also like my way of representing myself because yeah, at the same time, you know, if I had, you know, you look at artists before social media and they didn't, you didn't have a place where you could go, you you listen to their music, I guess, and you looked at their artwork, but apart from that, the only way they were represented was through other people's eyes. Like they were written about by journalists Mm -hmm. or, you know, they had photos taken of them that like they didn't control you know how they were taken or la 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 um so social media is like i love and hate it because also yeah i can put out exactly what i want to be seen as and you can say what's girly like and you go on my instagram and it's how i want you to see me yeah um but then also i kind of wish that like it was just the music that did the talking in a way and it could be i could delete my social media tomorrow but like that that would be a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, because you need it for business. Yeah, because it is. It's a business. It's like it's a brand, isn't it? So, what is it that kind of brings you down about social media? Um, I think it 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 like destroys people's mental health, um, mine included. I think that it makes people compare themselves to each other, um, measure their worth on numbers. You know, it's what it's designed to do. It's like, you know, it doesn't. It was literally designed to be a competition um, because otherwise why? It's not just a photo sharing, like Instagram, it's not just a photo sharing app because if it was, then why do we have to have numbers on things? If you just want people to see it, then they'll just see it. You know, it's about measuring popularity. And that's what, that kind of reminds me of being at school and being bullied and being like not part of the popular gang. And and you know what I mean? So it's like, it kind of... um, brings back like it brings a sour taste to my mouth in that way uh and also yeah I don't know I think 
I think however you're feeling, like it's, I've spoken to a lot of people about this and it's, it's like designed to kind of reward you for playing into it more. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's algorithms like, you know, if you don't post in a while or you don't engage in a while, they'll reduce the amount of people who see yeah. your shit. And then if you post every day and you're like spending loads of time on the app, then it will just, you'll get more engagement. And it's like, you're literally trapping me into being on this app for as long as I possibly can. So you can sell that data to brands and, you know, it's not a conspiracy. It's just the truth. And it's like, it's annoying because it's also such a powerful tool. So it's yeah. like, how do I like balance this and like stay healthy with this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, because also, you know, I, I talk to fans on there. I like tell people about my gigs and what I've got going on. And I get opportunities through having that platform that I wouldn't if I didn't. Um, but it's also sometimes I have to pull myself back and think, am I spending more time thinking about this shit than making music? Yeah. Which is the reason I did this in the first place. And if that's the case, then I have to like pull back because... Yeah, we talk a lot on this show about like curating your feed. So like going down your feed and every single person that doesn't make you feel happy or inspired as you're scrolling, Uh mute them or delete them. Mm -hmm. Because you can get into a cycle, yeah, of just being sat there comparing yourself to every other person. Yeah. Whereas if you're only following people who you don't have to compare yourself to, Mm. then it just makes you so much happier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good idea because I was thinking of going on a like unfollowing spree where I just... I'm one of those accounts that only follows like one person. But then I was like, I feel like I'm going to burn bridges that way. But maybe I should just mute everyone. Mute's the key. Like I did it on Facebook years ago and kind of went, because I was just at the stage and I was like, I'm wasting so much time looking at people who I haven't Mm. seen for 15 years. Yeah. And I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. This person's just had a baby and (laughs) I've not spoke to them since I was 13. So like, why is this Why do I care? Yeah. And so I just went through and just like, I think on Facebook it was called, it wasn't, you didn't unfollow, maybe you unfollowed them, you didn't unfriend them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just went down and did it and had like 10 people left and it made it such a better space. Oh my God, I'm going to mute everyone. (laughs) I feel like it's such a powerful thing. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, you literally say to yourself, does this person inspire me, entertain me, do they bring me any joy or do they bring me negativity? And if they bring you something negative, mute the fuck out of that. Yeah. Yeah. The good thing is I've, I've definitely got really good, like, Whenever I see friends, they'll be like, did you see my story the other day? I don't watch stories. Yeah. yeah. Just period. Like I don't, period. (laughs) (laughs) I don't watch stories. Um, Like I don't, I want to call my friends or I want to see them and see what they're doing. And also it's just, you end up like, I just realized I was just spending way too much time watching people's stories. And I was like, "Mm -mm." so yeah, I don't watch stories. And at first people were like, oh, you didn't see my story. Like a bit offended. And then People are just like used to it now. They're like, yeah, it's not personal, you know. It's like, I've got shit to do. Yeah, I haven't got time have a life to, to sit live. and watch. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I've got my own life to live. I've yeah. got time to sit and watch everyone else's no. life. And it's like, if you want to tell me what you've been doing, like, let's hang out. You know. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> Crazy. You know? Yeah, insane, right? Like, talk to me. My, um, my sister's your age, and and I was watching her like recently and she's just like tapping like like you were saying um I think it was on snap and I was like what what are you doing because you're going so fast that you can't see and she's like oh it just has to show that I viewed every person's story otherwise people will get 
she's like, otherwise people will get upset with me. Whoa. And I just think, yeah, that's that, wild. That, you don't owe anyone shit. If they are real friends, then they'll get it if you don't watch their Snapchat story. 100%. Shit. And I think I, like, I draw the same parallel to, to myself in, in not drinking. So um, I've like never really drunk alcohol that much. Um, and like, and now I don't touch it at all. Mm-hmm. And um, my friends are so like, supportive of that and so cool with it even when they're completely smashed and like (laughs) drooling on my shoulder yeah um but it's just like it's just always been that way yeah and I think um I know that a lot of people would probably be happier if they didn't drink but the social pressure of having to conform with what everyone else does um and like and so I'm the same with social media as I am with drinking like I've never posted a a picture of a holiday I've never like, like I just don't do it because I firstly I just think like who cares about me enough to like want to know that I just had a haircut or something. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah, this yeah. benign stuff. Um, and I, yeah, I don't really want to add to the, the whole machine of that. No, exactly. Like all exactly. I share is my work. Yeah. And it's like, cause I'm like, this is my work. This is fucking important. I've, I've bled and sweat and toiled and what you're seeing here is the, the result of like the last 19 years of me growing this and yeah. building so this. So here it is. Yeah. 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 yeah I am. Um, I definitely like try see social media more and more as as a business, um, but then also it's it's hard because it's like a very personal business because it's like there's fans on there who will like connect, you know, with m- music. It's like I don't really have something to hide behind. It's me, mm. um, and people. But I don't like the word buy into, but people listen to me and like my music and it's like my voice and like so it's kind of. Um, sometimes hard to sort of make it a business because then you worry that you're like losing the personal side um yeah it's it's hard it's hard getting the right balance is and balance is the key word i think yeah is yeah Yeah. and what we what we always advocate is like having a time in your day because like because we really only talk about using social media for business whatever you do for Mm. your personal that's up to you to work out what your balance with that is yeah but with business it's like just set yourself an hour aside and that's the time when you check it and that's the time when you get back to all of the dms and and like that's that's when you do it and then when you're not in that this is like if i'm like if i'm on the bus or i'm going to a job or something like i'll go on social media and i'll get back to people and whatever yeah but it's like i don't let it encroach like if i'm working if i'm writing something like i have no urge to go and check instagram no um i've actually started deleting it off my phone like every day people like that's a bit long it's like no it takes like two seconds to delete it and then I re-upload it and it's I'm still logged in and everything and I just it just gives you that little bit of resistance yeah like so when you go to check it and it's not there you're like like, okay in order for me to check it now I've got to go and download download it it, yeah so you know when I have to post and when I have to check my dms and stuff like I'll do that like every day or every other day at a specific time a smart man. And then it's, I re-upload it and then I delete it again, you know. There's another good tactic to do if you're finding you're using something loads because generally, like, whatever you use the most will be on your front page of your phone. And mm-hmm. if you put that, like, on, like, the fourth page in a folder, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. then, like, such a faff to go and find it that in the time you're thinking, oh, this is a faff, you think, do I actually need to go on this? Yeah, fully. Yeah, Instagram is on my, like, fourth page because otherwise it's just there and you're like... Mm. Yeah, mine's in my like home bar. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's like the main. Yeah, I've yeah. got um I think Instagram, YouTube. <laughs> yeah, Instagram, YouTube, the internet and my tax. 
And that's what I spend most time on. Let's have a debate. What do you have on your home bar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leave it in the comments below. Leave it in the comment below. <laughs> so going back to um, when you were, like you've split up with the girls and you're going solo and you're now girly. What does that time look like? It must be like quite unsure. You're going out and you're, and you're like improvising over um, tunes that are playing. Yeah, I mean, I... Just to clarify, I've I've never been sure of what I'm doing ever. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like I was like 16 and I was, I just finished my GCSEs and I just decided to go to music college to my parents' dismay. And um, I, yeah, I went to music college and I was basically in college five days a week. And then like every night I'd do an open mic. Like I'd just look up open mics tonight and go with an iPod just like full of beats that I'd made, um, stuff I'd ripped from SoundCloud that were like instrumentals. Instrumentals I'd like fucked around with on Logic or GarageBand um, and just sing over them and mostly improvise, to be honest. And then like the more I did, the more I'd kind of come up with a song over it, but it might change every night. That's fucking Um, brave, dude. It was like, honestly, looking back, I was like, damn, like I, I really... Everyone said, I don't want to say had balls. I had a pair of tits on me, you know? Like, I was going for it. <laughs> That's my, like... That's amazing. <laughs> um, I need to find a non-gendered way of being like, I had I had guts. Everyone oh, yeah, has yeah, guts. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like, for sure, I was brave. And now I look back, I kind of think I kind of knew that at the time. I think I... Because I was shit scared as well. Like, going... Walk, every time I walked into those open mics, I was like, oh, my God, I've got to perform in front of a room full of people I don't know. And a lot of the time it was like a room full of three people, you know, like, um, and also I had backing tracks that were like not mastered and just sounded shit. And like everyone else had acoustic guitar and I used to get shit for that too. What did you say to yourself in your head before you went on? Because it must have been like, you must have been really nervous. I was always really nervous. Yeah. Like, and like, I sort of got into the swing of it after I've been doing it for like a few months, but like, it still always made me nervous. And to be honest, performing always made me really nervous up until like the last like year, really. And I just sort of stopped giving a fuck. I mean, I, I get nervous in the sense I get really overexcited. So it's like a weird adrenaline, like yeah. stomach turning thing. But I've, I noticed that that's excitement. Um, the only time now I get nervous, really. But even so, like I was going to say, if it's like a room with no one in it or like you know, a corporate gig that like, I don't really want to do and people aren't going to like it. But even then I'm like, whatever, just get it done. You know, um, when I, yeah, when I play shows to my audiences, I'm, I'm, I'm not really nervous anymore, but yeah, then, oh my God, I used to shit myself. I think I just tell myself in my head, like, got this, it's going to be over in 15 minutes. You're never going to see any of these people again. So you're doing this for a reason. Someone in the crowd might, you know, because that's why I was doing it. I was like, I might meet people and, you know, this this might be the way I get my break or whatever. Yeah. Because um, yeah, we talk a lot about like, making your own luck. Yeah. And that's it. It's like put yourself in as many situations as possible that a good thing could potentially come from it. Exactly. if you just yeah. sat at home, then nothing would ever come for it. But I imagine that one of those things, something good probably did happen. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's it's funny because it's funny you saying that because now I'm in this place where I'm like, I think I go, I spread myself too thin and I think I go out too much to try be in the right place and like meeting people and la la la. And like, 
I'm now trying to spend more time like making music at home on my own you know like I think there's sometimes that I get I feel the pressure especially living in London like a big city that's kind Mm -hmm. of really unforgiving and never really stops like I feel like there's this pressure to always be doing something productive and even though like definitely when I was starting out like and you know I'm still starting out I'm still you know like my career is still beginning um but yeah I think I I was like not kind to myself I was like super overtired all the time and that's something you have to do that sometimes but I think I'm trying to like balance it and be like yeah okay it's blood sweat and tears and you're trying hard but also like this is your life and look after yourself and like if it's going to take you 10 years to reach your goal you don't want that 10 years to be feel shit and be tired and sad all the time because you're like so fucking exhausted because you never take time for yourself do you know what I mean balance again yeah it's balance yeah um you mentioned about the feeling in your tummy um mm. and you it was nervous and then it was excitement I actually Mm. read I think it's in the TED book uh like how how to do public speaking um that the feeling that you get of nervousness uh, physiologically what's happening in your body is exactly the same chemically as you being excited. Yeah. So if you just reframe it, which is what you've done and mm. gone, I'm really excited. So you're still feeling exactly the same feeling, but you just now see it as excitement rather than the nervousness. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. Because that's, and when people like nervous excitement, it's like, I think all excitement's just kind of nervous excitement, isn't it? Yeah. So you're like, there's like that build up to this, to something that you're looking forward to. Um, yeah, I do. I do love that feeling. And it's funny because like, that feeling before I go on stage is kind of the same feeling as like I get when I fancy someone or I like I'm really excited to go on holiday or like you know I see a dog (laughs) maybe that's a slightly that's more like intense love but um and I think that's why I do it you know you have to find the that thing that gives you the same feeling you get when you're like have a crush or you know you like you have to have a crush on what you do um I love quite that. a cute way to put it yeah, yeah that's such like a nice mindset of yeah like taking the what could be a negative to some people and like making it actually this is a really positive good thing yeah yeah and, and I love the the story of because like everything that you've done is built on the foundation of going out at 16 <laughs> being yeah. like so terrified and doing open mics doing to open three mics. people yeah it's like everything <laughs> is built on that foundation it's such a beautiful story and you would not be where you are now if you hadn't done that no it's yeah. like a comedian that goes out and has you have like they say you have to do 100 gigs before you you you're even anywhere close yeah and yeah. like you have to bomb and you have to have people like not listen yeah. yeah and yeah because people are like how when when people message me or ask me at gigs or whatever like how did you start I'm like, oh, I just did loads of open mics. And they're like, okay, is that what I should do? And I'm like, like, well, I didn't get exactly to where I am by doing open mics. I got somewhere, which got me somewhere else, which got me somewhere else. So it's like, you go on this mad journey, you know, like, you know, but everything builds. um, And like, I don't know, I, I had a friend the other day say something really sweet that made me think a lot, which was like, the deeper the foundations the taller the building and like you know the more you work at what you're doing and because I was kind of feeling expressing to her that oh like 
everyone's zooming ahead and I'm still building and building and building and developing and developing and developing. And like, you know, when am I going to zoom ahead? She was like, well, you know, you're, the, you're building your foundations and then you build up, you know, which I yeah, liked. I it's liked so true. It's the, the comparison culture and it comes back to the whole Instagram thing again. And mm-hmm. I guess your younger fans who are, they're seeing your journey now, your, your chapter, whatever your, they always say, like, don't compare your, um, your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20. Yeah. And like, so people are looking at where you are in your life and seeing like, oh, you've like got all these followers and you're making all this music and stuff. And like, how, how do I do that? Because they want to be where you are now. Mm. And like a lot of people don't want to hear you've got to grind and build those foundations. Do you know what's funny is like, I get, not just messages, but I also, I also get f- friends and just people I haven't maybe seen in a while come up to me and be like, you're killing it. Oh my God, how are you? Like, everything looks like it's going so well. Like, and I'll be like, I've had a shit month. Like, I've, I feel like everything's going shit. And it's so mad the perspective you have on your own life compared to like what other people will see. And like, so, you know, the, the fans or the people who message me or see my social media or whatever. And this is why I try to be really honest on it especially about my mental health, because otherwise, you know, you end up giving this idea that I'm fine and, you know, I'm living this great, awesome life. And you, you know, I think in the end you end up having people compare them to you, which I would hate because I compare myself relentlessly to other people. And I know how horrible that feels. And which is why I try to be really honest and post and be like I feel really shit at the moment or like this is what's happening in my life you know like I got dropped by my label in this summer and I am being I'm managing myself right now and I got dumped by my (laughs) my boyfriend and like all this stuff happened and I just was really honest about it on social media I was like this is happening and the amount of people who reached out to me were like I just had a breakup I feel shit I didn't you know I I feel this way I didn't even realize that it's as if they didn't realize I could feel that too because they've idolized me or put me on this pedestal and I, I don't want to be seen like that. I want to be real to them. Um, and because also, you know, I do these little IGTV vlogs and I did one about how to get over someone, um, which I'm still in progress of doing, <laughs> but, you know, three months in, I'm like, okay, I, I'm getting the hang of this. And I was like, I'm just going to do a little 10 minute video where I talk about like the things that have helped me, you know, like time, space, loving yourself, seeing friends, pick up a new hobby, stuff like that. And I had a few people me- like message me, like I really needed to hear that. And for me, it was therapeutic because I felt like I really needed to talk about it. And then for them, it was therapeutic because they really need to hear that. And it's like, oh, like, isn't it so nice when we're just honest and we don't, because I could have done a vlog where I'm like, you know, how to be a bad bitch who doesn't need no man, but that's not really how I was feeling at the time, you know? And that's totally cool. I'll do a vlog when I'm feeling that way. But, you know, in that moment I was like, damn, I feel I'm hurting. So I'm going to make a vlog about how I'm, you know, I can help myself and, you know, people connect with that. So I think, I don't know where I started. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons I wanted to get you on the podcast is because of your honesty. So, um, the, the well, like one of your songs up and down mm. it's like you i listen to so much music where everything is about like how great you are <laughs> so like so that's basically hip-hop hip-hop is yeah. like i'm fucking awesome yeah, and yeah, yeah. you should know that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, i make 
this much money. I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, hang out with these kind of people. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got like, um, like even even in pop, like Rihanna. Uh, it's all it's all like really sort of and there's great and there's definitely a space for that but which like, is amazing yeah also because like sometimes you want to hear that you yeah. want to hear rihanna being like yeah i'm you, the best person ever because you're like and yeah, you're walking down the road am. like a fucking boss yeah like, like yeah. i love music that's just shamelessly uplifting and like i'm amazing because sometimes you need to hear that but yeah but up and down does such a great job of of like of showing both sides because you're like i'm a fat giraffe who likes pea soup <laughs> yeah. and then and you're like you're saying like how down you're getting and then you're you're then you're the like best thing you've ever yeah, seen yeah. yeah yeah i mean that was like a kind of just a portrait of what goes on in my head because i was like oh, i don't want to write a sad song and i don't want to write a happy song because i'm not feeling either of those things i'm feeling both all yeah. the time yeah <laughs> and so i did that you know yeah yeah, it works really well because everyone, like most artists, will just put out one side, and and I think as soon as they do let a little bit more of like oh feeling vulnerable or or having the courage to to show a different part of their life, that's when that's when they like really resonate. Yeah, I mean, like for me, people when they ask me about music I've put out, they're like, "Wow, it's all so different," and I'm like. I started making music when I was 17. I'm 21 now. Like, yeah. honey, I'm a different person every like three weeks. Like, <laughs> you know, so obviously all my songs are going to sound like wildly different and be about wildly different things. And, you know, I don't think I would ever be able to write a breakup album or a happy album or an I'm loving myself album. Cause like, I feel all those things within the space of a day, you know? So it's like, but then like when you're 30, maybe you will. Like it's just a journey. Maybe yeah. I will. Yeah. It's Maybe just a I'll. It is a journey. Yeah. Right now, I don't think I could make an album like that. But then, yeah, some of my favorite albums are like albums about one thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So tell me about the decision to make pop music. It's funny. I think I always um, just made music, and I, it just happened to be like, you know, I love big choruses. I love like catchy melodies, you know, I love stuff that sticks in people's heads and I love pop music, um, but I also love so many different types of music. I listen to everything. Um, you know, if you look at my Spotify, it's like I listen to like, you know, like jazz and then I listen to Frank Sinatra and then I listen to like Edith Piaf and then I also listen to Grimes and... Nicki Minaj and Drake and, you know, LaRue and Little Boots. And I don't know, it's just everything. And then I also listen don't to... Don't get Adam Stein on Little Boots. Yeah, 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 yeah. Little I'm actually doing a show with her. No yeah, way. Next month. I'm super hyped. Um, the Garage. I'm just like That's a it. special guest like for her show. I'm so excited. It's been in, announced. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. I, I love her. I'm going to come. That's great. She's sick. Um, yeah, and then I also like listen to... Joni Mitchell and like Johnny Cash and like so it's just like my music taste is so eclectic and um I think for me I just pick out pick start picking out things that I wanted to sound like um and yeah I always loved pop music and I guess I I just always want to make something that's going to stick in people's heads and people be like oh yeah you know um so I think I mean pop music is such a general term it just means popular music so it's yeah. like you know what is you know there's there's Spotify style pop and then there's like um, more American pop and then there's British pop and there's K pop and there's, you know, it's yeah. just yeah, like, yeah. you know, I don't know, like um, for me, I just kind of, 
I've always said I make pop music for people who don't really like pop music, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. and, and then I also make pop music for people who do like pop music. And um, I think also we're at a point now with pop music where it's a lot less of a embarrassing thing to like. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely think when I was, I don't know, in school, you're always like, eh, pop music. But, you know, I think even maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it was, or definitely like in the 90s, I think I wasn't. I was, you know, born in 97, so I can't really talk. But, like, I think that, like, there was more of a sort of pop music, yeah, Madonna, definitely. and then there's, there's sellouts, and then there was, like, the, you know, whereas now it's, like, you'll have people who are into some heavy underground band no one's heard of, and they're, like, the new Ariana Grande single's a bop, you know? Yeah, it's, like, yeah. people are into... People aren't really embarrassed to like pop music anymore, I think. I think, like, pop's changed in terms of... It's kind of like TV, how you used to just have, like, four or five channels... And everything was just through that and mm. you had a very kind of narrow view of what that was and popular popular would be on those channels. Yeah. It'd be on top of the pops. It would be in like your music magazines. Whereas now with the internet, you, people can have such more of a diverse taste. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So like popular, what would have been, you have to listen to this because this is You're the popular to masses. Yeah. Exactly. You're now popular to a small group, which... Yeah, it's a much because of the internet that's now possible. Whereas you couldn't have done that before. It's true. Yeah, it's like you had ten pounds. Like you can only buy like two records. Yeah. It's like, all right, <laughs> who am I deciding on? You exactly. know. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to gamble on something that you've never heard of before? Are you going to listen to the thing that's played on radio one ten times a day? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I definitely think music was a lot more like tribal. That's why, like, like it's funny people. It's such a common question, like if you're on a date or you meet someone for the first time, you're like, what kind of music do you like or do you listen to? I feel like that maybe used to be a valid question where you get an answer, but now the only answer people ever say is everything, you know, I listen to everything because you can, you know, you can listen to one song here and one song there, like immediately. And that's so new. Um, When you look out at a crowd at a gig, do you see like all different types of people, like clothes wise and stuff? It's so cool. It's like, you see like the indie kids who are into my music and then the like slightly punky kids and the cyber goth kids and then like you see all the like you know you know gays who love pop and go to gay on the weekend and they're really into my stuff and then you see like it's just such a mix i love it like and everyone getting on together as well yeah which is what i love and like that's always why i wanted to do like how create a safe space where people can just be whoever they want to be and i like really you know, when, when I was young or when I was like 15 gigs were my space because I hated school and I was bullied and I fucking hated everyone who went to my school and was like, ah, music gigs. So I went to gigs and like, that's where I started meeting friends outside of school and realized I could find my people and not have to be limited to this building with all these people in it that I didn't, that didn't really get me. And um, so gigs were always such a sacred place for me and I just wanted to make my gigs that kind of thing for other people. Um, I relate to that so much. Yeah, you know. And like, I can't I can't imagine like bullying the kid that went to the gigs. Like I would have thought you were the fucking coolest person <laughs> in the world. Like it, It's it's more like, yeah, I mean, I think it's just school. It's just a battlefield, isn't it? And like, especially, you know, for me, I was like kind of awkward, but like also... I don't know, like I was, you know, I w- was really good in class and I really cared about getting good grades and I really loved my teachers and I was like 
played trumpet and I was like, then I started going to gigs and was like, um, you know, people found things to pick on me for because I was different and um, didn't really fit into that mould of, you know, want to be the popular one in, in school or whatever. And I think also I was, at the same time, I was also very opinionated and like spoke my mind and, you know, if some dick tried to touch some girl's ass, like I would interject, even if even if not, she didn't even like me, you know, I'd be like, hey, why are you doing that? You know, yeah. and people just used to get pissed off at that because it was like, don't kill our shitty vibe, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people will relate to that, especially when it comes to school, because um, the people that listen, like obviously the name of the podcast is Creative Rebels and... Um, I know that the people that listen to this like identify with that with that rebel word and like have felt like an outcast and because I think it is the creative people that are made to feel and I don't know what it is by the by I don't know people almost wanting to like suppress that in us mm. that people see oh you're creative you're that like there's something more to you you can make things that they try and bring that down maybe because it reflects on them or whatever it is and it's that tribal behavior but then you said um, you found your people and that's that's the thing like mm. you have to find your people and as soon as you do like your life just changes oh massively yeah I mean like I'll say to my little sister who's in school like complaining about you know some friend bullshit or whatever and I'm like oh mate like just wait a few years and you'll just you'll find your your people you'll find people and you'll realize like oh my god I didn't have to put up with that bullshit but you know even now I mean like I'm I'm still finding that like you know you even you have you still have to sift through your people you know and 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 work out who actually gives a shit about you you know 100%. until you're like you know i don't know at what age you know you can be like cool everyone's chill it's always now. a work in progress because, yeah, you know. because people are always evolving yeah and sometimes you evolve together and sometimes you move apart yeah i mean we had a friendship expert on the, on the podcast kate lever and she was cool. talking about regularly auditing your circle mm-hmm. and yeah. if there are people that are bringing you down um i mean she she talks I, her book is excellent it's called the friendship cure um and she talks in there about and I think we've all gone through, I know I definitely have, of there's certain people who will can subtly bring you down mm. and it's not overt enough for you to be like, hey, this is not cool. You're basically bullying me. Yeah. But yeah. like some people have these these like great ways of just like these little put downs, just these little things that chip away at you and mm-hmm. make you feel less than within the group. And you don't need that shit. No, I mean, I've Get been, yeah, I've been friend auditing recently and it's like, it's sad because it's like, I know I was talking to a friend the other day and I was like, I've had multiple breakups this summer, you know, like I broke up with my, my ex, but I also was like, I've lost some friends this summer, you know? Um, and that's almost as painful too. Cause that's heartbreaking because also friendship, we have this idea that like friendships meant to last forever. You know, you don't think if you get into a relationship, you like, we might break up someday, but you yeah. don't, when you meet a friend and you really get on, you don't think we might break up someday, you yeah. know? Um, but it's just, yeah, it's really sad, but like, I guess part of growing up is like, if someone's, if you're, if someone's sapping your energy and making you feel shit, um, then they're not your friend, you know, cause like friendship's not, you know, you're meant to kind of stick, stick by each other. My mum calls it fair weather friends, you know, I have a lot of, I have had a lot of those in the past people who just want you when you're like 
on a high. Yeah. And it's interesting when you go through, like I've had a really tough couple of months and when you go through a time like that and you notice who sticks around and who's there and cares about you and who's like, oh, you're not really giving me anything anymore. I'm just going to move on. Yeah. Um, it's, always, it's always better to have five twenty p's than a hundred pennies. Exactly. Very Word. true. Word. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now that you're an independent artist, what, what are your plans? Like, how are you going to take over the world? <laughs> Just um, girly industries. One, one step at a time. I think that's a big thing for me is that like, have you, do you know the artist Casey Musgraves? No. Oh, actually, oh yeah, I think I do. She won the Grammy for like best album, but she's like a country artist. She's been around for so long. Yeah, I think I've heard the name. Yeah, and she has this song called Slow Burn, which I like, have cried so many times too. <laughs> um, it's just about being okay with a slow burn and like, it's like I'm okay with things just building. And I think for me, I when I was with a major label, I was I just felt so pressured all the time to have a hit and to like, and for my career to do this really quickly. And that's actually a really unhealthy way to look at it because if you look at other careers and other jobs or other people's lives, it's actually really normal and healthy to just build mm. like gradually mm -hmm. and like incrementally. And then like you, you make stepping stones at times, you know, but it's like that are bigger than others, but it's just like gradual. And like for me as an artist, like, I just want to put out music and tour and like travel and like keep making music and keep building my fan base. And um, I think I've really organically built a fan base over the last couple of years and I'm really proud of that. But um, I think now I'm really excited to do it more my way. Um, I'm working with an indie label in America and I'm going to be doing a lot more stuff out there and I'm coming out with an EP and I've creatively directed like artwork and the videos with a friend of mine and like all the lyric videos I'm like editing myself and like I'm just doing stuff myself and I'm like realizing who I authentically am and like that's kind of sometimes you have to have a lot disappear because you know I had like that was a big support system you know yeah. having a label is like having a whole team around you and also it's a bank you know um and it's like you don't have to edit your own videos right but then you realize <laughs> oh shit, people are doing so much for me that I don't really know who I am anymore. Um, and also people are, you start realizing when you don't feel like you have someone breathing over your shoulder, expecting your out creative output to be something, you realize what you actually want it to be. And like, that's how I feel with what, how much I'm writing at the moment and what I'm making. And, you know, I, I, I'm a, a multi, multi-passionate multi-passionate creative and and you know like i i'm also an actor and i'm also like i think you know i, I don't know how, how i would say it but like a social media person in a way you know i yeah. i kind of feel like for me like girly is um i want it to be to be more <laughs> my friend was like you want to build an empire yeah. i was like well no like i i want it always to be like a personal thing and it's about the music but you know I'm a businesswoman I guess is what I'm realizing more and more um but yeah there's a new EP coming out which I'm so excited about um because it's got a bunch of sick features on it and just it's very like DIY and it's very like I'm really proud of the songs on it and it's stuff 
that I feel is more authentically me and I'm excited about the videos and all that all that stuff yeah how does it differ to your previous music it's just um a little bit more so like this EP is all songs that I wrote when I was writing my album and it's like kind of the off cuts kind of the stuff that didn't really make it to the album or perhaps wasn't polished enough basically and I kind of like that um so it's it's pop but it's like pop pop, like punky pop music mixed with like electro and like you know slightly heavier not even heavier just slightly more rough around the edges like production and like influences and it's very sassy and it's like I don't know that the songs are about they're quite cheeky really I mean there's one song called Christine which is about I guess a kind of fictional situation but kind of based on a real life one where it's about me saying to a guy oh you like me because I'm not Christine so I'm assuming Christine is like his girlfriend <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Being like, and talking about how you know I'm rough and I'm not perfect and I'm like a bit crazy and um I'm not very clean or pristine and you're in love with me because I'm I'm not like Christine it was originally going to be called pristine and then I was like <laughs> Christine <laughs> um, but it's stuff like that and then there's songs about like having arguments in a relationship and then there's another song about just going out and fucking shit up and getting drunk and then there's I don't know another song about wishing that a friend would break up with her shitty boyfriend and it's like it's all just very like different but um, it's kind of like there's just a lot of influences in there and I'm, I'm yeah I'm excited for it to come out and it's kind of in a way like a, f- a-, a feeder to like keep fans and have stuff yeah, to tour yeah. on because in the meantime I'm also making a bunch of new stuff that I'm really excited about so I just want to keep putting out music and touring with it basically. amazing um I noticed a minute ago you dodged around the word influencer <laughs> um yeah have you got a bad relationship with that with I that just word? yeah I don't know how I feel about the word influencer because it's kind of like I think that you have to be making something or like really contributing or doing something to have the right to influence people. Yeah. <laughs> and I think there's just a lot of people who just post photos of themselves looking kind of hot and that's it. It's like, you're an influencer. And I just, I think it's also a lot of that world um, kind of feeds into the very toxic idea of like, you know, you need to look like this. You need to act like this. My life is so much better than yours. You know, you, need to buy these things and go these places to be like me. And I don't know, like, I don't really like that. And so, and for me, like, I don't, I'm a musician and I am, you know, a writer and I do other things. And like that makes me have a social media presence, which makes me do stuff on it, like vlogging and la la la. Um, And yeah, I don't know, but maybe I'm just, maybe I, I have a stick up my ass for saying that. I don't know. I think I just, yeah, that word is like. The word has been corrupted. The word has been corrupted. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Because um, influencer used to mean influential, whereas yeah. now it means Instagram model. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And um, actually, yeah, I think, yeah, I think influence, what does that like mean? I don't know ability to make someone do something yes which i imagine most of the instagram models and people who are perceiving this perfect life 
aren't really making anyone do anything apart other from, from the hate themselves skinny tea. <laughs> yeah. yeah and buy things <laughs> yeah um and you know like i think it's a really clever way to have your own business that people have tapped into and you know for me like i, I work with an agency like i i do like brand sponsorships sometimes you know like it's 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 part of, of the job um but I think I just try to I've made mistakes in the past with that and I try to only work with people that I believe in and go yeah. along with my views and like um and you know I don't really I I want to I want to be honest and I want to give people an honest view of my life and I think a lot of that kind of influencer stuff is very like fake and, yeah. and very like makes people feel kind of shit about themselves really because <laughs> it perpetuates an idea of what a perfect body a perfect life a perfect this is um and it feeds into the whole like instagram highlights reel of like i'm just fine all the time you know and influencers are real people you know yeah they have their own insecurities like and uh, there's like we're always as humans we're always going to want to look at beautiful people mm. um that's just like that's just that just is yeah yeah um and some of us find some things beautiful that others don't and there's just that like there's there's room for everyone and and i think the the instagram culture like if you are making a living off of selling i know um jamila jamil talks a lot about like the the really the real toxicity because those people are trying to put a roof over their head and the only way they can do it is by selling things that are harmful to other people mm. um that's that's really awful yeah but um but to become a an instagram model takes a shit ton of work yeah and i think yeah. people don't they think oh you've just got that because you're pretty no and it's like no, there's like, so much there's more definitely oh yeah I, I would never deny that there's work and that those people are business people i just sometimes question the the ethics behind it i think yeah. um yeah. and it's yeah it's good too i think um but i mean when i was researching you um my my girlfriend was kind of around in the room while while I was doing my research and she piped up and she was like, well, you know, the thing about her being you <laughs> is that um, she knows how to deliver value. So mm. you you provide for your fans. So like Aww. when you do meetups <laughs> and stuff um, and this is, yeah, this is her words, not mine. Aww, but this was, this was what she um, what she sort of um, got from from like hearing about you was like your fans are really important to you. Mm. And rather than worrying about um bringing in a whole new audience you're focusing on the people who are already there yeah and that's really important yeah fully I I um yeah I do I do sometimes like because I I think I have got this such a sweet lovely like I mean I say small you know I I, you know I have like 50,000 followers so it's like that's a large number of people but then the people who I notice recurringly in my messages or at my shows you know it's still quite small in terms of that core fan base and like that is, I, I definitely like kind of want to protect that in a way. Um, I think, I think also like these people, the reason I have music as my job, like, you know, if it weren't for them, like I wouldn't, yeah. you know, these people pay my rent. Like these yeah. people like, you know, allow me to travel to places and keep writing songs and like, it's fucking hard. And like sometimes in fact, all the time I want to quit because it's just like really challenging and really difficult and like not easy at all. But at the same time, it's also like such a privilege to be able to do it and it be my job. So, you know, I want those people to feel like 
you know, I'm their friend because I am, you know, I'm there. Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I write songs for them. So that's yeah. amazing, man. Mm-hmm. So, um, where can people find you and your music online? At Girly Music, G I R L I Music. Um, that's Instagram and Twitter. And then my music is on Spotify, Girly, and YouTube, Girly, Vivo, um, and yeah, where else? Probably SoundCloud, throwback. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all it's all over. Just type in Girly into a search engine and, and that'll come up. G-I-R-L-I. Yeah. Amazing. Thank Thanks you, Dave. So Thank much. you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We're trying to help a lot of people with this show, so we need your help to grow the community and spread our message. If you know someone who'd benefit from hearing what we talked about today or they just need a little nudge in the right direction, pass this podcast on to them. If you want to hear more, then subscribe to us on iTunes. And if we helped you with anything, we'll really love you forever if you can leave us an iTunes review. It makes a huge difference. See ya.